0: West Central Primary Care Network near Chinook Centre. This is episode eight of our monthly examiner podcast. I'm your host, Roma Thompson, the Director of Community Services, Transitions and Integration.
1: And I'm Lisa Bergerman, Director of Member Services and Engagement. Happy New Year, everyone. Hope you all enjoyed the holidays. So Roma, for our first episode of 2020, who do we have on? Today, Lisa, we have Dr. Mike Croach, who's the medical director with Home Care,
0: and Jennifer Salt, the director for Home Care. And they'll both be talking with us about the uh, different programs and services that make up the Home Care program, and also some of the new initiatives that they have on the go at the moment.
1: That sounds good. I I know physicians tend to have quite a few questions about Home Care, so I'm sure it'll be an interesting lesson. Let's get to it. Thank you, Mike and Jennifer, for joining us
0: today. Jennifer, do you want to start by telling us a little bit about your role with home care?
2: Sure. So, I'm the director for home care, and I have about 10 managers that report through to me that have teams um, with frontline staff that see clients all over the Calgary zone. Um, the Calgary zone includes all of urban Calgary as well as our rural areas. We go as far as Didsbury, um, we go as west to Banff, south to Clare's Home and east to Strathmore, Chestermere area.
0: And does that include palliative home care as well or is that a separate program to your area?
2: Yeah. Um, Palliative home care is a sister program to us. Um, The manager for palliative home care doesn't report to me,
3: but we work very closely together.
0: Okay, great. And Mike, what can you tell us about your role?
3: Yeah, Roma, I'm the medical director for home care and I largely act as a liaison between home care and uh, community physicians. I'm there to provide some support and put a bit of a medical lens on some of the policy and planning that goes on around home care.
0: So I know our listeners probably know a little bit about home care, but I wonder if you could both just tell us more. What does home care really entail and, and what are the different components of it?
2: Mm-hmm. So home care is a publicly funded personal and health care service for clients all ages living in private residence or other settings. So lodges, um, personal homes, re- uh, retirement residents, even even some areas such as clients that live in hotels um, or homeless shelters. Home care helps people remain safe, independent in their home as long as possible. Um, And our philosophy is really to um, ensure that clients are uh, independent um, and we supplement the care that's provided by family and and community support services that already exist.
0: And so when would somebody refer to home care?
3: Yeah, Roma, so I think it's important to understand that there are a couple of different avenues for referral. Certainly, patients can refer themselves to home care, family members can put in referrals, and of course, uh, primary care providers can put in referrals as well. And uh, some of those referrals might be for things such as personal care services, bath assist, uh, morning and evening care, respite service. Uh, We can facilitate professional nursing, uh, delegated care, like medication management assistance, wound care, catheter care, drains, uh, parenteral therapy and IV therapy. We can also facilitate access to professional services such as social work, occupational therapy, physiotherapy, dietitians, speech language pathologists, pharmacists and other programs and uh, professionals that might be applicable to the homebound population.
0: It sounds like a lot of different programs and services that you have there. So I wonder if you could give an example of how they might work together and how that how all that um, integrates.
3: Yeah, Roma. So I think probably the best way to do this would be to give you a real life example from the office setting. So say, for example, I have a patient who will call Jessie. Uh, Jessie is an 83 three three year old widow. Uh, she lives alone in her own, own home in Calgary and the majority of her family lives elsewhere in Edmonton. She's been managing pretty independently over the last couple of years, uh, really until her husband passed away, and now, unfortunately, she doesn't get out of the house very much. When I do see her in the office, I notice that her personal appearance has been deteriorating. She's not dressing quite as well as she used to, and I wonder how often she's actually been showering. I've spoken to her a few times about home care in the past, but she's pretty reluctant to sign on. I did have an opportunity to speak with her son just last week in the office, and he shares the opinion that he doesn't think her mom's doing all that well at home, maybe not managing medications as well. And uh, the last couple times he's been in to visit, he notices that her blister pack medications are not being taken. He's also pretty worried that she's been a bit more forgetful recently.
2: We often hear from our primary Uh, care colleagues that clients decline care and that's quite usual and it is really important that we work together to support clients where they're at.
3: Yeah, I I agree, Jennifer. In in primary care, we often have several years of a really unique relationship with our patients and as a physician, if I know more about what home care has to offer, I can certainly support my patients by giving them more accurate information about what, what home care can do to support them in their homes. In addition, I think we all understand that our patients often put on a brave face and they rally themselves to come to the office. Home care does give us a unique opportunity to see how well or not well our patients are actually functioning in their own environment.
0: So in this example you gave, Mike, what happened to Jesse?
3: Well, pretty straightforward, Roma, from my perspective here. I really just submitted a referral to home care and It's pretty easy nowadays, especially if you have an electronic medical record, because uh, there is an EMR access referral form on the EMR that we can just fill out and send away and things happen.
0: I know one thing that's come up in conversation with a few physicians um, that I've spoken with is they wonder when that form goes off, how quickly things happen. I don't know if one of you can speak to the timeline and the expectations of a physician in that
2: situation. Yeah, for sure. Um, So, it's immediate. It'll come right into our central intake. Um, we have a central intake for all of our continuing care services. So once it comes in, the team will review it for whichever service is most appropriate. So whether it's home care, supported living, long-term care, hospice, um, adult day support, etc. Um, they'll look at the referral for the client's needs. Um, so the more information that's on that referral, um, the more accurate um, we can certainly um, be with where we um, that client is um, sent the referral, or which team it can go to. So once the referral is assigned, it will be a um, it will go to a case manager. The case manager will contact the client within one to seven days, depending on urgency. Um, so for an example, if a client just required a bath or pers- basic personal care, it would. Be possibly about seven days. But if they did require something that was more urgent, like a time sensitive medication um, the very next day, they would certainly be bumped up to be able to support that urgency. So again, it's really important for the referring source to share um, as much as possible um, about what it is they're being referred to so that we can really look at that referral and um, uh, appropriately assign them to the urgency. In Jessie's case, uh, based on what Mike um, had talked about her and what her needs were, likely she would be um, seen in about three to seven days. Um, again, in the case where the family member uh, wants to attend with uh, Jesse um, and is only in town for a few days, if that's on the referral, we can certainly um, do what we can to make sure that um, home care, the home care case manager can get out as soon as possible um, to ensure that the client and the family are part of that assessment So for the initial assessment, uh, a home care case manager will go out um, to complete that in the home. Um, And then we'll review what the client can do, as well as what other informal supports with the client to determine what type of a a care plan can be created. Um, That will depend on the honest, unass- the assessed unmet needs of the client. And, um, in Jesse's case, it looks as though she requires medication assistance and personal care. So c- together make a care plan, um, that will support those needs. Um, and we always have to remember that we're guests in clients' homes. So while we can be out there, we can do an assessment, we can, um, you know, come up with a care plan. Clients always have a right to refuse um, care um, and they may just, um, or or parts of that care. Um, and we can always be respectful of that and always come back um, and support as needed.
1: The CWC-PCN would like to take this opportunity to remind you that if you have a patient in need, our social work team at the Primary Care Centre can help. Our social workers act as resource brokers who connect your patients and their families to services and supports in the community. They can also provide temporary crisis intervention, advocacy, and assist with housing, food, clothing, and other basic needs. All members can refer their patients to the social work team. Please use the centralized referral form on the examiner. So Jennifer, you mentioned the home care case manager a couple of times
0: there. I know I've heard from some physicians, they're a little bit confused as the role of the home care case manager versus those who might go into the house and provide the personal care. So that's not the same person, is it?
2: There are different roles. That's a very good question. Um, Our home care case managers are generally RN case managers or occupational therapist case managers. Um, And then for our personal care, uh, we contract a. Per, uh, contracted service providers. So possibly a we Care or a Bayshore or a Paramed or a CBI tends to be who provides that personal support. Um, our professional services, as we've mentioned earlier, those are all provided by um, internal AHS professional um, uh, consultants. Um, but generally the case manager is our RN or occupational therapist.
0: Yeah. And Mike, I know something else that I've heard from physicians is that they're often a little bit confused once a referral has gone in as to what happens next and if the referral has actually been received. And can you tell us a little bit about that process? From
3: For sure, Roma. Yeah, it, it has historically been, I think, a bit of a black box where the referral goes in and we're not really sure uh, what's happened. Certainly there are other opportunities times when patients will self-refer or families will refer and uh, as primary care providers we're really unaware of of that referral and what's being offered by home care. So we've certainly heard from physicians that this has been an issue. In the past there was a system of notification where a fax would go out to the referring physician or the most responsible physician uh, giving them some updates on, on care. Uh, that sort of went the way the Dodo once NetCare came about. Uh, the problem with NetCare is the information is there. It's unfortunately often a little bit uh, behind in terms of updates. The other problem with NetCare is that it is not an active notification uh, mechanism. So really, unless we're going through some of these patients' charts on NetCare and looking at the the, net, the component of NetCare that talks about home care. uh, We really have no idea or haven't had any idea that our patients have been looked after by home care. So we've listened. We've listened to doctors and we've now worked to develop a notification plan that will keep primary care providers in the loop. The new notifications that are going to be going out from home care to the primary care providers uh, will give a lot of information about what home care is offering the clients uh, on the one to two page notification, you'll receive the case manager's name and phone number, because we've also heard from physicians that they would like to know who and how to contact about their, their patient's care. Uh, it also highlights the client's goals. So, for example, in Jessie's case, she told her case manager that uh, she was missing her friends and that she was wanting to go out for coffee to Tim Hortons more often. So obviously a very important goal for this individual that really I think most of us wouldn't be aware of unless we asked the question ourselves or or were notified. And really as a physician, it is important for me to know that we're all working towards the same goal. The report also, as I mentioned, includes the services that Home Care is providing and the individual staff that are involved in that patient's care. Uh, In this case here with Jessie, the report would indicate that she's receiving medication assistance and bath and shower assistance. And you'll also be able to see on that form that Bayshore is the contracted service provider and lastly, at the very bottom of the notification, uh, you'll find the billing codes that can be used when working with home care. It gives you some fairly specific information on, on how to go about uh, performing that billing.
2: Yeah, we're really excited to be rolling out this physician notification. Um, we're, we're interested in monitoring how often physicians are billing. Um, we recognize it's very important that our partner we work as partners in care and move towards increasing our communication uh, to support patients that we uh, share care for. We know it's challenging to communicate. Um, In home care, we have about 16,000 clients receiving care on any given day and we have more than 1,200 staff across the Calgary zone and that's just internal AHS and that doesn't include our contracted service providers. Um, 92% of our clients um, do indicate that they are attached to a primary care provider. And in home care, Um, clients currently identify with more than 3,600 physicians um, and nurse practitioners. And that includes um, everything from surgeons um, to family doctors. So we certainly appreciate um, that it's challenging to make these connections, but hoping that this notification will help us um, to connect better for questions and concerns.
0: So I know I've asked a few questions earlier that we've heard from family physicians, but what do you hear from from physicians? What questions do you most frequently get asked?
2: Well, certainly we get asked um, about what uh, services we provide, what do our professional services include, um, and that Especially around our direct nursing services, so our wound care, um, our HPTP um, in collaboration with the HPTP clinic, rehab services such as OT, PT, um, speech language pathology, dietary, social work, respiratory therapy for homebound clients. For most clients, we do provide personal support. Um, Last year, we provided four. 0.75 0.75 million hours of personal support to home care clients in the Calgary zone. Um, we do provide basic homemaking um, for clients that have other services. And there is a co-payment for that service depending on uh, a client's income level. And we also have respite. Um, we have respite through our adult day programs. Uh, we have three different types of programs. We have our basic wellness programs. So in Jesse's case, um, this would be probably the right program for her Uh, we have dementia clients for clients with a diagnosis of dementia and our specialized complex clients um, which are typically our younger clients with um, neurological deficits
0: so jennifer i've heard that in addition to the more general home care there are also some specialty programs can you talk a little bit about that please
2: Yeah, we have some specialty teams that are embedded within our larger geographical teams. Um, We have our home care response team, which would be a specialty team, and they are very much our evenings and overnight team um, for scheduled and unscheduled care needs. We have our dementia care team, um, and they specialize in some of our more complex clients with a diagnosis with dementia. Um, Our physician collaborative team, uh, this was a small Team to try to do better communication between home care and our um, primary care network partners, Um, and they they do support um, specific physicians um, with certain caseloads. We have our self managed care team, and though that team is specific. To clients that are on the self-managed care program Um, and self-managed care is a a specific funding model for clients with unique needs that requires um, uh, it it provides an opportunity for clients to manage their own uh, care needs. Um, We have our IV team and they see clients all over the city specific to uh, that require IV therapy. Um, we have our COPD and heart failure team, um, teams, uh, two teams, um, and they, spe- uh, they work specifically with clients that are um, struggling in the community with their um, diagnosis of COPD and heart failure. Oh, and we also have our, wound care, our specialty wound care clinic at the Sheldon Schumier um, for clients with co- complex uh, and chronic uh, wounds that are difficult to heal.
0: It seems the more that we hear about home care, the more complex
2: it seems, and it's obviously a very large program. It is quite complex. Um, So to make it very streamlined and easy, we certainly have our central intake and our referrals do go to our general home care teams. And then for any of those specialty services um, that we think clients would benefit from, then we um, internally transfer those clients um, as as we see appropriate.
0: And Mike, you mentioned earlier about the notification when a referral is received, but I know I've also heard questions around how that ongoing communication happens after referrals received after the initial assessment, and and what is the communication between home care and the the, the patient medical home?
3: Yeah, Roma. So. Updated notifications will occur on at least a yearly basis with respect to our shared home care and primary care clients. Uh, That will also be upgraded or updated with any major changes in that individual's health, so uh, following hospitalization or any major event. I think one of the really important things to come from this notification, though, is that we recognize the importance in bilateral communication between home care the frontline providers and primary care. As I'd said earlier, home care really is a window onto what's actually happening in these people's homes. And it's just so critically important that that communication flows both ways. We really want to be working together as a team to provide just the best care that we can.
0: And so Jennifer, just as we draw the conversation to a close, I know Many of our listeners will know how to refer to home care, but some might not be as familiar. So is there a phone number or a website or something that our, our listeners can go to to get more information on home care?
2: Well, certainly the easiest way to make a referral uh, is to call our intake line at 403-943-1600. And certainly you can go on to the AHS um, website and and there is information on on home care in the, in the website.
0: Dr. Mike Croach, Jennifer Salt,
1: thank you both very much. Thank you, Roma. Thanks, Roma. You have been listening to The Examiner Podcast, the podcast designed for members of the CWC PCN. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, subscribe today via Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Spotify. Or to learn more, visit The Examiner, your best source for up-to-date information on your PCN and your membership. And if you have any questions, comments or ideas for future episodes,
0: or if you think you might like to get involved, we'd love to hear from you. Please contact your physician liaison or email member services at cwcpcn.com. Thanks, Thanks for listening. For listening.